Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start, if you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone, welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. I'm Sam Moores and with us today we have Matas Buzelis. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, as you already uh, introduced me, uh, I am uh, now I'm currently the head of communications at Carvertical. Uh, Carvertical uh, is actually a a uh, pretty fresh platform for uh, car history checking. Uh, but in the industry, in the, in the automotive industry, I've been in ab- about 10 years. So before I was even a motoring journalist, uh, after that, I, I've been working with uh, automotive classifieds. So basically, that's more than 10 years uh, in the industry. Uh, I'm also the president of the Association of Automotive Intelligence. This is our uh, newly established initiative for them to bring a, a, a more transparent used car market, you know. Okay. And yeah, I, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of cool cars, and I'm a petrol head. Should I say? Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. how did you? So when you sort of started off, how did you end up? How did you, did you go straight into automotive journalism, or did you have a little path on the way there? You know. Uh, while I was studying, I was looking for a job that I could, you know, because at that at that time I had a uh, quite a rare car, uh, an A86, the Toyota Corolla GT. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, which is uh, exclusively rare here. Uh, but uh, but I needed money, so I was looking for a job for a side job, and eventually I found, you know, you have this auto car magazine. So mm-hmm. we had this franchise in Lithuania, and I was basically translating text from English to Lithuania. Ah. 
And I was, you know, getting to know people in the automotive media. Uh, I was introduced to them and, uh, and yeah, uh, the contacts were spreading and, and I was like, you know, getting to this industry step by step, you know, slowly, slowly. So eventually, yeah, I found myself, I, I translated a lot of texts. I, I've been working this job, which, which was like a part-time job for like four years. But at that time, uh, I was looking for a, for a better paid job. And yeah, uh, the journalist uh, position was, was looking very nice because, well, you know, you also write text, but you get this, uh, <laughs> this cars to try, you know, which is perhaps yeah. the, 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 the cherry of, of, of this, of the job. I still yeah. miss it, you know, because we used to try a lot of cars. Uh, perhaps it was not the best, uh, I mean, uh, it's very different from what the best journalists in UK test, really. <laughs> because we, we tested thing? cars like, you know, it, it's like Dacia Duster, which I particularly yeah. like, you know, the, the, the car, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's quite funky. But it's, it's, it's mostly mainstream cars. We don't, we don't get exotics or, or very powerful cars. And if we do, then we are very limited in, 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 in terms of what, what can we do with that car. Yeah. We can't push them to the limit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite so different yeah. to what you see from, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a magazine that goes like, like Top Gear magazine in the UK. Yeah. The stuff they do, they're like, oh yeah, lend me this latest whatever, and then I'm going to go yeah. and drive it 3,000 miles. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, we can't do that, you know, for instance, in the UK, perhaps journalists get cars for like a week or something like this. Mm. We don't. If we get the car for, for a weekend, it's, it's wow. It's a yeah. lot, you know, we, you, you can do a lot with a car. You can make like 500 miles trip, you know, but uh, usually it's, it's for, the, for the evening, you know, in the morning you have to bring yeah. it back. So, and, and you don't, we don't have, since uh, my country is relatively flat, we don't have a lot of windy roads. <laughs> so we, we don't get uh, like a place where we can test the car to the limit, you know? Yeah. Which Does we that... all want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Does that change the types of cars people buy? I think... I think it's it's pretty it's it's you know it's like a freight train as I say the the, the used car market is like a freight train once it get going you you cannot stop it you cannot turn it uh, it's it's it has so much inertia if you know what I mean so for for instance if people started buying cars like they they got used to German cars especially in our country in Lithuania it's little likely it will change rapidly uh, mm. it's little likely they will instantly start buying you know french cars or, yeah, or yeah. japanese cars in in the new car market yeah things are pretty pretty more dram uh, dynamic but in used car market it's very it's very conservative should i say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like at the moment we're going through a bit of a transition like that where yeah. if you'd asked me or probably most of my friends, like what sort of car would you be aiming to have? 
most people were a, some sort of German saloon, whatever, state, yeah. some, you know, something. That was the sort of kind of the bar. And then if yeah. you go above that, exotics, whatever, like British, yeah. Italian, et cetera, et cetera. But definitely moving into EVs, like from my personal choice, there's so many other brands now that I look at and go, they're doing good things. Yeah. And I, you know, this, this historical Germanness, yeah. for example, is getting, is taking a real beating specifically in EVs, I would say. Do you yeah, think, yeah. do you see that? I mean, I treat EVs as next generation cars in general. I mean, the way we drive, the way they, you know, they perform in the straight line, the way we, the easiness of, of operating a car is on another level. It's not even comparable to, to conventional cars, I think. So it's, it's basically, they, they are more smart, you know, smarter than, than, than mm. these cars with internal, internal combustion engines. Uh, I think even, you know, the, 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 the absence of manual transmission makes it so much easier to operate and to start driving. It's easy as, as, as never been before, you know? So, so yeah. yeah, I think EVs are the next generation cars in general, but, uh, but uh, that being said, you know, that uh, they still have some, some problems like the conventional cars had. For instance, in, you know, yeah. when it comes to 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 the uh, topics about, uh, for example, the used car market, the fraud that that basically uh, was in the in the for the cars with the petrol and diesel engines, it still is is there in the electric cars sector. So, so do you mean so things the, like clocking and stuff like that? Exactly. Exactly. Because when I find myself, when I found myself in Car Vertical, which is a company, I think five years old company, and two years we are all already operating in the UK, we observe that uh, the level of fraud is not going away. You know that people are still yeah. clocking cars and uh, and masking damages. For example, if the car had a severe damage, they they try to sell it like a good car and. Because of this uh, information asymmetry between the, the seller and the buyer, the sellers, well, it is likely they have more information or different information than the buyers, you know. Yeah. And because because of this asymmetry, um, they are they are still clocking the car and and taking taking damages and uh, taking more money for that particular car, you know. So it's not going away and. The same is for for the electric, uh, for the petrol, and for the diesel cars. It doesn't matter what generation is yeah. the car, you know. Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting one that one because yeah, I was looking at um, just chatting to a friend about Ferrari four five eights recently, and we reckon like in the in the UK, I'm going to make yeah. a bit of a claim here, but if you look at used Ferrari four five eights. None of them have done many miles. None. Yeah. They're yeah. all under like 10,000 miles. All of them, every single one. Wow. And wow. well, okay, maybe not quite, but you know, like most yeah. of them have not done very much. And I remember when they came out, I remember in the years afterwards, you always see people driving them. People were driving their cars, <laughs> yet none of them seem to have been driven that much. And I don't think, yeah. like if you bought one now, you're going to drive it. 
Um, yeah. So a lot of those cars, a lot of cars have been clocked. We, we sort of know that it was quite easy to do at the time. But how do you, you know, how do you get information to sort of counter that if it's, if it's all digital and someone can get their laptop and just go, just change the numbers, some ones and zeros and whatever. Yeah. How do you combat that? You know, it, it, this is the, the, the thing that, uh, you know, cars are advancing and so is technology and so are mm. the scammers. So they are getting, you know, some, some tools to, to tamper with uh, information, with car data. And, uh, uh, you know, if clocking was a physical thing to do 20 years ago, yeah. it, it, it's, not, it's not physical now, you know, yeah, yeah. Now you just connect to the car and you replace numbers here and there. And, uh, yeah, that's it really. But, you know, our platform, uh, with, with this platform, with CarVertical, we decided to fight this. So we, we take uh, information from many data sources. We have... I think more than 900 data sources till, till this day, you know, mm-hmm. and we uh, connect like, you know, events like damage event, uh, technical check, technical inspection, MOT inspection, uh, car registration facts, you know, so things like that. And if these events have uh, a odometer readings, yeah. it's good because then you can see what was the graph of, of mileage, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we see severe drops, you know. Uh, I don't particularly know many examples when it comes to exotic cars. But for example, uh, we, we saw some, yeah, some cars from in Finland, you know, some taxi cars that had yeah. 800,000 kilometers, which is, I think, about 500,000 miles. Yeah. And they were rollbacked to 200,000 kilometers, which is 120,000 miles. Yeah. So imagine this, you're buying this car and then you're like, you don't know the schedule of the maintenance because it's way yeah. off, you know, it's, it's gone. So huge problem. And, and our data guys, they, they told that, um, Cars with clocked mileage, they usually cost up to 25% more than the same, than same yeah. cars, you know. So it, this is a big thing. And, and uh, yeah, we must fight that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's mental. And I, and I guess if you can get all those data points or lots of data points, every time the car's had something done, yeah. if it's been logged, then actually your scope for clocking and getting, yeah. you know, not getting caught is quite tricky because you've you've got let's exactly. say a year and yeah. you can only do the number of miles you've done in a year if it's you know say a high-end sports car or something and then you can put exactly. it back to but it has to kind of be a reasonable number down yeah. so it still needs to go up but yeah they, when you do something like a car with eight hundred thousand kilometers back down to 200 most people would look at the car and go well it's done a lot of kilometers anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But the the value difference, as you say, is huge. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know. Uh, there are also some tools that install. Uh, you, you can install some devices to the car, and what they do basically is they reduce the rate of mileage, like how the mile, yeah, how yeah, the yeah, odometer yeah. works. 
<laughs> for instance, if you if you done 100 miles, it shows that yeah. you you done 10. Yeah. Wow. How to fight this? It's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, the, the only the only thing that you can basically do is to inspect the car physically, to assess the you know the wear and tear of, of the interior, to compare yeah. the the things the aspects of the car, and then try to connect it with the mileage and. In some cases, it might not make sense. So, yeah. this, you know. Yeah, the interior is quite a good one, isn't it? Because not many people yeah. are going to replace interior stuff. Yeah. So, but you still need your sort of data points. Don't you? you still need to go, well, this is what a typical 20,000, 50, 100, 300 looks like. And then exactly. pull it together. How does... Um, you, 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 know, you know, even though... If they replace some parts, for instance, it's very easy to replace a seat or a steering yeah. wheel. It's really easy. But they usually don't replace things like, like floor mats, like yeah. door panels, you know. It's windows because the windows are going up and down and you can all see all these scratches, you know, on the side windows. Mm. So there are, there are parts that needed to be looked very, very thoroughly, you know, in detail because... They say God is in details. It yeah. really is, I think. <laughs> yeah. it, it just makes it as like a as a buyer. It makes buying, let's say, a private sale, significantly more interesting because you're kind of if you bought it, you bought it. That's it. You're not yeah. you're not taking it back. The person's going to yeah. go, yeah, whatever, do one. Whereas a dealership, you if you mm -hmm. found out, you know, ultimately they are sort of liable, but yeah. it is. No one gives you clear, you know, you, you're not getting someone in for every single car that's a specialist exactly. on that particular car that will tell you how much it's being used or not. It's really, exactly. it's a really tricky situation. When I, I was sort of intrigued by this, where a, a friend brought it up recently, where he, he actually knew his car had been crashed, but he put it into a normal, what was it, HPI check and nothing came up. Yeah. And then you put it yeah. into a website like yours. Um, I think it was actually yours. And it showed pictures of the crash and stuff like that, or the mm -hmm. crash damage. How mm -hmm. do you get that data? Like, who gives you that? And is it sort of readily available? Or, you know, how do you pull that stuff in? Yeah. Well, we work with, with uh, as I said, a lot of data sources. And we have, you know, among these sources that are, like our partners, like classifieds, for example, mm. in some countries, there are uh, governmental institutions like uh, you know car registries and and yeah. even yeah th things like that. But we also have some private private uh, data providers which are providing us with th things that it's more tricky to get, you know. But in the end, you know. Uh, the, the the benefit for the end user for the car buyer is massive because well as we say any any used car is basically a cat in the bag you get this bag there is a cat and you don't know what kind of cat what is the child <laughs> character of, of the cat you know yeah. what you don't even know the age even though for example when you go out to the shop and you buy a piece of meat for instance you see an expiry date 
Yeah. But when you buy a used car, you don't see any expiry dates, you know. No. So, but, but you're paying so much, uh, so much more. So much more. Yeah. So, so that's that's the idea of the product and and uh, of the data variety. Uh, I mean, we we connect a lot of data sources every year, you know, to to make it better and better to fight fraud, you know, because for example, in the UK. Things are not really not really that bad as in the mainland Europe. Uh, okay. You don't have a big market of imported cars because, well, they are slightly yeah. different, let's say, than in the rest of yeah. the, in Europe because of the steering wheel is on the right yeah. hand side, you know. But in mainland Europe, the movement of the cross-border movement of cars is massive. Uh, I think in one year, there are more than 2 million cars exported from Germany. And Germany is the largest used car exporter. And so all yeah. the cars from Germany are going basically mostly to east and to the, to the south, you know. Uh, and in the West, the, 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 the trust and the transparency in the used car market is better. So in the East, it's worse. And we okay. have this, uh, it's, it's endless, I think, you know, and it, historically it was, uh, it was like this 20 years ago. It is now, I think, in the future it will also be. So yeah. in the UK, then you don't have this import, as I said. Well, all the imported cars are, I assume there are quite a lot of exotic or muscle cars from, from, from the United States. There is yeah, a, not a, a lot. Yeah, not, maybe not a lot, but out of the whole import, yeah. imported cars. Then maybe you have some cars from Middle East, you know, and there are cars from Japan, perhaps, yeah. which is also imported cars. So, yeah, but but uh, it's nowhere near uh, when it comes to, to the uh, imported car uh, scale or levels yeah. in the mainland Europe. So, in, in, yeah, the cross-border movement of cars, this is the reason why the, the the data gets gets changed you know why the yeah. mileage <laughs> goes from 800,000 to 200,000 yeah. yeah it's it's a really tricky one as well because everyone's involved in it like well, let's say for example you curb a wheel whatever yeah lots of people curb wheels and you get it refurbed yeah you might get it done well or not yeah. And then in a year's time, you might sell the car. Or you might get it done just before you sell the car or the dealership might do it, whoever's done it. But no one is going to tell the buyer. Exactly. No one would mention that whatsoever. And you go, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But it might not actually be a good refurb. And if you don't know your stuff, you're not going to see it. But down the exactly. line, it's worth less. Like it, it, exactly. it is worth a bit less. Um, and I feel like all sellers, definitely in the car world, are ultimately, you're invested. You're invested in not giving all of the information. You kind of go, you can have a look around the car. Look at whatever you like. Exactly. I'm not going to tell you anything until you specifically ask me, has yeah. this happened? Has this happened? Has this happened? Which yeah. must, it, it's, it's got to affect all used car prices because if they're all a bit rubbish, if all yeah. cars are like 
a bit worse than they say they are, then all cars are worth a bit less because people are going to pay less because they don't believe you when you sell them a car. They're like, mm, yeah, but you're not exactly. telling me the full stuff. So exactly. I'm going to price in the information. I've seen it on a small yeah. level on, let's say, eBay. If yeah. you give all the information, you say everything, you photograph everything, you get the best price. Yeah. Whereas yeah. lots of people assume that if you put one photo up, then exactly. people will just buy it, but the buyers don't. You know, you know the, the, the example of a, a curved wheel is a good one because sometimes you can also you can also damage the the wheel alignment. It can mm. be off, you know. And when you come to buy a car, you can also you you should inspect what is the the, the tire tread depth, you know. Yeah. And sometimes one wheel is 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 way more. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's gone basically. So, <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah. You have to look to any details, and and you know, even though if if it was damaged and if the damage was not locked by the insurers or 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 anywhere else, yeah. it means you're not going to find anything. So, so this is the the, the problem of information. It's not all digital, you know. Yeah. And, so yeah, if, yeah. and if a car gets damaged, yeah. let's say I went out, crashed my car, and I know this, and I go, I'm going to get someone to repair it, but I'm not going to use it. Let's say you don't use insurance. Yeah. Does that automatically mean it doesn't exist? Or is it? does it really depend? This is a tricky one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it goes to the shadow, you know, to the to the gray market. It's yeah. impossible to monitor everything. I think it's yeah, there will never be a tool that can detect such cases. I think it's impossible because you know if I, if I hit a tree and if I simply like I, I need to replace the front bumper, the fender, and the and the headlight. If I buy these parts and I do it myself, all the job. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be visible in the history, you know. No, but, so, but these the, I think it's not a lot of of cars that are no. treated like this. But when it is, it's it's usually it's usually bad, you know. You you can see some tracks of of like cheap damage, the cheap repairs. So yeah, buyers so need to be aware and, and and they need to be curious, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think it's probably through you guys. I've seen, we've worked with a lot of influencers and whatever. And so yeah. I've seen a lot of yeah. examples. We're of like, this. We're I searched this. for <laughs> this car. It looks fine. Yeah. And then let's run it through the system. And you go, oh, it's not fine. Um, yeah. But so presumably if it's gone through insurance, that's, got, that's one of your data sources. Um, I know that if I've ever put anything through insurance, which is normally someone's driven into a parked car or something, which is incredibly annoying, but it goes through insurance. And then for the next 10 years, I'll get a phone call from someone saying, we know you were involved in an accident. I'm like, come on guys, can you not sell my data that quickly? Like just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you guys yeah. love it as well. You're like, yeah, we'll buy it. We'll buy it. Give it to us. Give it to us. <laughs> um, is presumably one of the things that you would like is for someone like Auto Trader or whatever, or all dealerships, to post your report 
on the sale? Are you trying to push for that? Yeah, we are trying. You know, it's 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 kind of difficult to to get into the UK market because the competition in this uh, sector is already it's it's intense. It's not easy to fight, uh, you know, yeah. competitors because they, they they are. When we enter the UK market and we entered the UK market with our elbows out, you know, we we went out yeah. to the influencers and. And they are doing really a, a great job, I think. Um, but we had to improve it a lot to to get it to the really competitive level. So it's 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 uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult. And and uh, yeah, uh, I think our influencer marketing team we we had over the last year in twenty twenty two. We had four and a half thousand of videos with, with our oh, wow. like, yeah, integrations, which is a lot globally. <laughs> yeah. As we operate in I think twenty-seven different countries. So so it's it's a lot. I think in UK we have about five hundred videos in the last year, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. A big it's thing. But it, because without this, you know, to scale the product, it's it's very difficult. To get to the media, it's difficult. No, mm. uh, to prove our point to some classified websites like I don't know Piston Heads or or, yeah. or the Gumtree or a, a, anything like this, it's also difficult. But uh, in reality, for the end user, it's very convenient, and it should be done. I think one way or it's, another, you know, because I only really looked at it from the if I'm going to buy a car. I might use a website like yours to to look yeah. through the history. But now I'm thinking about it, it makes a lot more sense if I'm selling a car. Yeah. If I'm selling a car and I know it's good. Yeah. If I don't exactly. know it if I if I know it's not good. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, then the, I wouldn't then do it. But if, you if might I know be it's nervous. Yeah. yeah, you might be a little bit nervous, but so you'd probably check. You'd check to see yeah. what comes up. Exactly. Um, but no. If if I'm selling a car or if I run a dealership and I'm selling cars and I know they're good, then yeah. ultimately, it, I feel like it would make more sense even if you know they're not good. Like just you just sell them as they actually are, and when you're buying them off, if you're a dealership and you're buying a car off someone, check it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, exactly. and then when you, exactly. so then you can say to the person selling it, look, here's the photos of it wrapped around a tree or whatever. Um, it's actually only worth this and we're going to sell it for this plus our margin and everyone's happy. But if you get known as a dealership for providing the information in all the sales and go, look, here's okay. the car vertical report alongside all the other stuff rather than making, you only pay for it once yeah, and you can like, there's a tiny amount on the, on a sale. Whereas if you're a buyer, every single buyer has to end it. Now that probably makes more be nicer for you guys financially if every single buyer ever runs exactly. the car through your, your website but i think actually overall it'd be better if all sales had it attached from yeah. the get-go it would be a much yeah. nicer marketplace to exactly buy and the, sell the level of trust would be on another on another, yeah. another level yeah 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 because it's you know that, that that's that's what we're trying to establish with a with a b2b segment you know mm. because we 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 sell uh, these like uh, history checks to to dealers yeah and they as you said they 
they, they, they show these reports to their customers on their own initiative. Yeah. I mean, the customers are not checking the car usually. Maybe they no. are, but, but, but the dealers are, do it, are doing it in the first place. So this is a good practice, you know, to boost the, uh, the, uh, the reputation, for example. Uh, yeah. When you approach a dealer and, and the guys, the, 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 the salesmen are not saying any details about the car, you might get a little suspicious. Yeah. But you, when somebody insists to, to see the history report, here's the report, please observe, you know, the yeah. damages and things. Because a damage is, is not a bad thing. It, it might be a scratch or it, it might be a chipped window, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it happens. You can't run away from that. Yeah. Uh, but what, when a dealer showed, shows this, these reports to, to buyers, they get this sort of like security, secure feeling, you know? Yeah. They get the, they, they build their, their reputation. And we had one case, you know, in, in Lithuania, actually. It was, I, I, I will not mention the, the brand, but it, it was an official dealership of the car. Mm-hmm. And they are also selling some used cars, you know, some secondhand ones. Yeah. And they were selling a car and it was, it was expensive. It was, it, it was a car for like 70,000 euros, which is like 62,000, I think, pounds yeah. or, or something, something like this. And the customer was like, can you provide me the, the VIN number, you know, because we check yeah. these, uh, the history with the VIN number, not with a license plate as, yeah. as guys in the, in the UK too. And the, the dealer was very defensive from, from the very beginning, you know. Oh, the car is perfect. You don't need anything, yeah. you know. I can guarantee that there has been no accidents. The mile is genuine, you know. <laughs> but it's sudden, suddenly when they gave the VIN number and the customer checked on our platform, they realized the car had damaged in Germany for like 50,000 euros, which is... Ooh more than half of the value of the car, yeah. you know? And there was, there was a big scandal actually. And, and even the, the media was writing about this case and the, 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 the journalist did call me, you know, to ask like, how did that happen? You know, I had to explain yeah. all, all the, the bits and bobs, you know? So, it's, so it's crazy. I, I think the damage done to the dealer instead of, if, if he had this history report shown to the customer in the first place, it would be so, so much better to sell the so car. So much for, better. For, for, yeah. To sell the car with a, with a discount, for example, because of the, yeah. some historical accidents or something like this, instead of, of trying to hide some information. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think the, I, the, the dealers are, are taking this, uh, these lessons because we are getting a lot of requests uh, from, from dealerships, you know, from dealers, and they want to work with us, yeah. especially when, we, when they buy the car from, from another country, when they import the car here and there. So, yeah, it makes so much like sense. This is essential. And if, it's, if buyers start to use these tools, then dealers have to because exactly. the cost of getting it wrong if you if if you try and it's sell unbearable. it and someone checks it they're <laughs> like you've just lost like 
your margin for the month or whatever. Like, you know, you've got to sell so many legit cars. Um, exactly. So then could we end up with this situation, which yeah. would be interesting, it'd be quite cool, where cars have like a passport, like a digital passport for the car that has all of the information in it. Um, because we sort of have now, previously, if, if I, I'll just pull over here. Yeah. For those, for those that are watching, there's like, I'm holding a bunch of box files. There's another one. My old 911 has three of these of stuff for it. Which is which is crazy. Like it's, it's there's so much stuff in there from services yeah. and whatever, and it, it's an old car. But all the sort of newer cars I bought, probably in the last, I don't know, ten years at least, all the servicing, if you use main dealers, is all digital. So yeah. actually, when I sell the car or whatever, you do, you generally don't actually have a copy yourself you might not have a copy yourself and you just go, yeah, it's all online somewhere in, in some dealership. Here's the keys, which that's actually a lot worse. It's okay if you can check it, yeah. but I don't know how easy it is to check it as if you're buying a car versus here's a stack or even a USB yeah. stick, one or the other with all of the stuff on it. But you, you know, we're, we're talking about the fraud and there are people that fake these documents like you have. Mm. They, they, they yeah, can make these books, you know, these files, these documents, and they can write whatever they, want, they like. That's true. And, and the, the, the worst uh, thing about this, that you cannot question the, wh whether these files are legit. How, how do yeah. you check? You, know, this you have is to call each person. Exactly. And say, exactly. is this real? Exactly. Exactly. So imagine if the car had like 20 years of, of maintenance. Yeah. You're not, it's, 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 no. I think it's, it's work for a week to get yeah. everything right. You know? And then if you don't yeah. end up buying the car, like, so you've exactly. got to, ultimately it's trust. It's like, yeah. it does come down to you. Do you trust the person you're buying it off? Um, yeah. But yeah, some sort of digital passport would be quite interesting. They're only... Yeah. If you've had it been to an authorized person, only an authorized person can like stamp your car's thing and it's on there, whether it's, I don't know, protected in the blockchain, whatever. Like yeah. you've got this thing that has all of the data for your car in it and you can't yeah. mess with it. Exactly. Someone's exactly. going to be able to mess with it though, aren't they? Yeah. People are smart. You know, but, but in, in a way it's, it's, it's similar to that because... Uh, a VIN number, vehicle identification number, is basically the same as, as our fingerprint. You know, yeah. it, it is unique. So if you can connect all the historical yeah. events to that particular chassis number, that's it. There you have it. Yeah. If you make it mandatory from a legal point of view, that if you work exactly. on a car, you exactly. have to put it into the central system. You have to just stamp but, it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, we are then we are going to another paradox. Because, for example, uh, well, UK is not no longer in the EU, but in the yeah. EU we have these paradoxes. For instance, both uh, Sweden and uh, Germany are the members of the EU. 
but the way they approach the the whole you know the gdpr thing is yeah. very different for example uh, if you ask german a, a car seller german if you ask uh, uh, what is the the number of the, of his car he might call a police because you know <laughs> it's, it's it's his data it's his mileage it's yeah they are mad about this but in the end uh, you know the public interest is not protected, I think. Be- be- yeah. w- once the buyer are protected, the public interest is safe. So this yeah. is what, what, what we have in Sweden. They, they are 100% transparent in this particular I think, uh, area. I think it should be... I think it should be logged. I think any, any person that's got a real reason why they don't want it logged... It's not. A, it's not going to be a good reason, is it? Like exactly. Maybe no one can find it out. I don't like the system in Switzerland. Now I've not heard a counterpoint where with license plates, where you can look up who owns the car and where they live. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, yeah. If you if you yeah. have like a nice car or, or just any car, to be honest, if if yeah. someone pulls, you know, drives like an idiot and cuts yeah. in front of you or whatever, you can look up their address. <laughs> and go around to their house and go, hey, what the hell are you doing? So yeah. it works like that. But if, like with exotics, I've seen it all the time where yeah. someone will take a photo of a Pagani or something and they'll yeah. get a message being like, hi, can you remove the license plate? And you're like, I, I understand what you're saying and I yeah. get it, but you've bought a Pagani and you're driving it on the road. So yeah. why would you look at a yeah, people are going to know your license plate. I, yeah. I guess why you, why you might not want it published like internationally, but the system is tri- like that is a complicated system. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have that here, and I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm even now with online content of my personal cars. I try not to, if, if it's a car that might live on the street or might live on the road or generally be seen around where I live often, I'll try and not, never, like never post the plate, like ever. As soon as you've done it once, you might as well do it all the time. But just from like a personal security, whatever, I don't want people to know that's me. I'm at home. I'm not at home. That's where I live. Any of that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah this is this is one. you know th- th- this is personal information. But when it comes to information like mileage, uh, accident yeah. history, and stuff, like, it's cars information. It's not persons. Yeah, yeah. Information. So we have to separate these two things. I think definitely. Yeah, yeah. It would be be quite interesting if you could look up mileage. You know, someone saying they're they're yeah. driving their car. There was someone, someone I know or know of who was driving. I knew he drove his car like all the time. And he like on Instagram had been on lots of road trips, loads of road trips, like across Europe, yeah. whatever, ever. Yeah. And then he sold the car and you saw the mileage when it was for sale. And you're like, nah, 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 you've, you've just fudged this. But there don't seem to be much repercussions. If you do it and you get away with it, happy days. Like, I don't know what the punishments are for lying about any of these things when you sell the car. Then they don't seem to be too bad. 
I don't know what what are the the, the fines in UK, but for example, mm. in France, if you clock uh, the odometer readings, you're fined for like two years in prison, and then you get okay. on top of that, you get twenty seven thousand euros fine, which is that seems a like lot. a good punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. M- meanwhile, in Czech Republic, I think it's about three hundred euros. Yeah, there you go. If, Why would if, you if not that, do it? If, if that gives you like extra grand value for your car, yeah. why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. If it makes you four hundred euros, you're gonna do it. Like, well, you In might the end not. Of but the day you have one hundred left. You know <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm just looking at a random uh, Auto Express. They've got an article on mileage clocking and uh, yeah. saying uh, as part of a 2019 study. 443,000 cars were found to had mileage discrepancies. Now, I don't know what that works out as like what a discrepancy is, whether it's like it's 10 miles out or they're just like, do you know that? When they when it's said to have a mileage discrepancy, do you like, yeah. is there a certain amount it has to be out? Yeah, yeah. Do you know it, the answer it, to that or they, not? They should explain what they, what they mean, you know, with that number. Because for instance, we estimate that, in, I, I think in UK it's about, 15% of uh, of cars checked on our platform had yeah. uh, mileage fraud. Okay. And then presumably people are only people are possibly only checking on your platform because they think there might be something wrong. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. might just go, "Nah, it's legit. I know it's one seller. I know that person. I'm not checking it." You yeah. might like yeah. you might do that. You have to know yeah. about the platform. I mean, in the end of the day, it's not that expensive to check, you know. And, no. But what what can it do? It can get you this big advantage in negotiations. You know, when, yeah. when you when you see more data than, for example, the the, the seller expects you to know, yeah. you get this better ground in in terms of negotiations. So it's always, uh, I think, worth worthy investment in this mm. yeah. I've just I've just looking scanning through this article again it's yeah. come up with a reason why you might clock a car forward which I'd never thought about have you come across this um, <laughs> apparently if you have a company car yeah. hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know, you get paid for the mileage. Okay. But you might be allowed to do 20,000 miles a year and you get whatever, 40p a mile or so, whatever it is, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you've not done the mileage. 
and it's a company yeah. car and like you're not really paying extra so so what it's going to go back at the end so people yeah. get it clocked some people get it clocked so that rather than the 10,000 miles they've done it's done 20,000 miles and they get a payment wow. for the remaining miles <laughs> well, we, we didn't uh, like think how to how to solve this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have another. That's not another, a problem. Yeah, yeah. We have another problem to solve. <laughs> As a buyer, that is a great problem. Like, yeah. I would very happily buy and pay market price for a car that says it's done twenty thousand and has only done ten. <laughs> like, but you know, but, servicing but, but would be an wish, issue. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Servicing would be an issue. You, you need you to would, know that the, 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 this car had the, the mileage, uh, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was moved to another direction. So Yeah, because you'll have a bigger, at some point in time down the line, you'll have a bigger service bill than exactly. should be necessary. But then, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. You might have paid half, you know, a lot less in the interim. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a sort of interesting one. Yeah. Um, Oh, so one of the sort of things is what what ends up on the platform and what doesn't. I think we sort of we sort of covered that a little bit, didn't we? Like if it's been through, you've got to, it's got to be through one of these data points. If it's not been through a data point, if someone's done it that, that themselves at home, it's not going to end up on there, is it? Whatsoever. Yeah, it, it must be digital, you know. It, yeah, th- 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 there still are some countries though. Uh, that have a lot of records, but they are, you know, they're handwritten. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. not digital. It's it... an interesting problem. one. The yeah. I have a an E two hundred eight Peugeot mm-hmm. as a as a lease, which is going back, and I wish okay. I bought it because that would have been a better financial situation. But whatever. Um, and I'm looking at probably buying another small EV, um, but. One thing that is quite difficult and not many people tell you is information about the battery. Mm-hmm. There's only a few. I've only heard of one, but I'm sure there must be more people selling EVs in the UK that do like some analytical tests on the car and give you some battery information. A bit like, I don't know whether on a Tesla you can just press a button and it tells you. They probably do. Um, but I imagine every other manufacturer does not. Um, do you get, are you have getting ways of pulling this information into the report? Uh, we, I, I, I think we don't have and, and will not have in the near future such information about the exact, uh, you know, the, the state of exact battery. Yeah. It's, it, you know, in, in, in electric cars, uh, the the battery life can be also reset, and it needs okay. to for for car to to be you know charged for a couple of times to to get to to, to set the number back you know. So I heard stories how how people are they were buying car an electric car with uh, with clocked odometer, but the battery life the computer showed the battery life was was pretty good you know. Yeah, but after like a couple of weeks, it started to degrade. You know, the, the number yeah. de- was decreasing. So, yeah, this is a big problem. I, I think we're not, uh, we don't know how to solve this yet. I guess. Well, you have to rely on 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 the. You know, th- th- there should be 
a ratio of like mileage and the battery life somehow yeah they should be connected but the way people charge their cars are also different whether yes. it's 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 high power it's high current or it's low power do you charge it all the way up to 100 percent or do you charge it to 80 percent yeah yeah exactly that that all that depends you know so it's a i think it's a very difficult thing to to measure uh although i think there are some cars that are relatively easy to inspect the batteries for example we have some guys that are inspecting i think they are doing only with nissan leafs because they know how these cars work and they have some maybe equipment uh, some devices that connects to the actual battery and they it shows the actual reading so it's 100 percent trustable you know information but all the manufacturers are diff- having like different infrastructure of their like electrical yeah. system so it's impossible to apply this thing for everyone you know and this is a problem yeah i guess I, this I, will I think, fall you know, yeah I, I think in general you know electric cars there are so many things that we don't know about them we don't know the, yeah. what 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 is it going to be in the future you know what happens with a 20 years old electric car with the Audi e-tron that is like 25 years old? Yeah. Do you like, is the buyer going to replace the battery because the, the, the range will be like, I don't know, 50 miles after 25 yeah. years. Yeah. So this is a problem. You know, a, a, another problem is also from the user's uh, point of view. If the, the, the people are parking the car in the, in the, the underground, uh, you know, parking areas, uh, like below their apartments, what happens if the car caught fire? You know, yeah. Have you seen any videos with with Teslas being on fire? Yes. How do you fight this? I I have no idea actually. So it's because if if you're a manufacturer now, uh, I presume Tesla have it. I've only seen it at Rimac, Rimac. Yeah. Um, where there was a tour of the factory and they're like this is where we assemble the battery packs and this all these ducts and cables basically we can fill this room full of water and it's a big room and we have massive amounts of water that we just fill the freaking room with water and it's going to keep burning until it's all gone it does not go out it just exactly keeps going doesn't it you can't I don't, you cannot put the fire out you know, I, I think you have I to was, wait. I think I saw, uh, was it Yalopnik? I'm not sure which, which blog it, mm. it was. There was a story about the Tesla. I think it was a P100D, the, the most powerful version yeah. at, the, 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 at the time. time yeah. uh, it was on the track day and the car caught fire. So they were like the, the firefighters were spilling water like for, for hours. Yeah. And the fire was blazing all over the place. So what they did, they 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 took this this you know the, the, the machine that digs a hole. I, I'm not yeah. sure how you call it. And they 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 pushed the car into the hole and then filled with water. Yeah. And after like hours, the car was done. Yeah. So I know another so thing people what, do. What is... happens? What happens if the car start, is on fire in the middle of the night? 
Yeah. Is the whole building going to be on fire? I'm not, I don't have the answer. You know, this is the thing that we need to, to think of because I think the UK is going to electrification by 2030. Uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. So it's it's not it's pretty soon. time to, to, to get to the solution, you know. Yeah, and if you're in an underground car park, yeah, exactly. you've got it, and it's and it's above a building, you've got a real exactly. problem. I know one another way they dispose of, like sort of sort them out is they get a big um, container, fill a container with water, and then they drop. Yeah, you know, yeah. like a big steel container, and they drop the car in. But you know that's that's all very well and these are quite edge cases like it's it's yeah. super rare for this to happen yeah. um, but it does it, it can happen um, exactly. and it is quite worse i saw a video it was someone's security video they had a tycan this was quite early i think they had a tycan yeah. turbo s and it was in their garage and it there was like thermal runaway and i think it sort of exploded and it just like it was a big problem. You wouldn't yeah, have wanted that in your you know, house. There is so much energy in the battery. It, so it much. all needs to burn. So, <laughs> yeah, I have I think, no idea what, what, what should they do. <laughs> I imagine there's lots around design and the evolution of battery packs and how they're, you know, I yeah. think you can now, some of the ways they're putting packs together, there's much less chance of, like a runaway situation. And like, yeah. I think there's a lot going on in that space to make them a lot safer. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things that probably all people that are sort of anti-EV are going to go, yeah, they're all going to explode. And like, the reality is they're not all going to explode. But exactly. it is a situation that they do need yeah. to, they presumably are looking at. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting space. I, I... I'm struggling at the moment trying to choose the next EV that I buy because it's just like I see, I look at everything going on and go, yeah, it's going to be so different in like two years' time. Exactly. And five years' time and 10 years' time. So I struggle to go, yeah, I'm going to spend money on something now that like really could be, it won't be obsolete, but mm -hmm. if you're, let's say your range. Yeah. Our, our little electric car only really gets used around town so ultimately it doesn't need very much range but we do yeah. do longer trips and in winter the range is much less yeah. so if that went down by 20% there comes a point when your car becomes unusable for you depending on how far you drive let's say you need to do 100 miles if, you, if your car dips below 100 miles you, can't, you just can't use it at all exactly like, um, so it's, it seems like with Tesla and their battery packs, like the model S's that have been around forever, um, they're still going pretty strong. They're yeah. not, they're, yeah. they've not hit that 80% degradation over 10 years, which is what everyone's sort of, you know, saying yeah. that they're done. Um, yeah, yeah it's, but you it's, know, uh, it's, 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 I think not a lot of years already passed, you know, so, so. I have no idea what's going on, how it's going to be in the future. Because mm. now Tesla Model S, I think it's it's about nine, eight years. Uh, the car is is, yeah. is already in, on the market. But what happens after fifteen years? So <laughs> this is yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I think and especially look at did you see the latest Tesla presentation that was like yeah. a week ago? Yeah. A few days ago. Um about, you know, their evolution of their platform and the next car, et cetera, and vertical integration, simplification, all that sort of stuff. And you go, Oh, okay. So a Tesla Model Three, even now, when you compare it to other cars, it's like reasonably cheap as an EV. Yeah. They do all the stuff they're going to do or say they're going to do because there's, there's sometimes a bit of a difference between what they say and what they are going to do. But And they make the next generation of cars but at another chunk lower and still maintaining their profit margins. You kind of look at other manufacturers and go, you guys, are, whether you want to buy a Tesla is a different matter, like whether you like them or not. Um, but it's going to make it really difficult for other manufacturers if they can yes. knock off 50% of the costs or 40% price reduction in their cars. Yeah. And then like, if your car costs, the numbers they're sort of aiming, I think people are saying it's like a $25,000 EV that could have 200 miles of range or 250 miles of range or something. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a pretty cheap car to own. Exactly. You know, I, I remember the early days, uh, early days of Tesla, you know, everyone, every like experts and every uh, like automotive people, they were, they, they were like very not sure about the future of Tesla because yeah. the, the, the traditional manufacturers are having, they, they have so much more experience in the industry. Yeah. But what they did prove is that f to build an EV, you don't need as much experience as, as you used to have, you know? Yeah. So I think this is, this is a game-changing thing. And also, you know, speaking of EVs, China is doing also massive developments uh, regarding massive. the EVs. Yeah. And I, I think I was reading somewhere that by 2025, Europe will be an importer of, of, of new cars instead of exporter. They will That's, import more cars than they will export, you know? Yeah, so, very possibly. If, yeah. Like companies because, like BYD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 How many are, cars do they make there are a year? Tens, there are tens, if not hundreds of different companies making EVs, like NEOs, you know, BIDs yeah. and... and I couldn't mention five companies from China, but the, the, the level that they operate is through the roof. Yeah. You know? I know like, I've, I had not seen a BYD and, and there's only, I think we've got the Atto 3 now, it's like the new one that's coming out here, but they've said, we're moving to the UK, we're going to start selling cars. And then they've said some number of dealerships they're going to have. And it's not like we're going to have I'm just going to pick the number 10. I don't know what the number is, but I feel like, you know, it's something like that. Um, but we're going to have them by the end of this year. And they've just announced they've opened two, I think, dealerships today. Um, and then, and these are like actual dealerships. So by the end of the year, there's going to be a bunch of BYD dealerships. I was driving around this morning and I saw one of the London EV buses. They're mm. made by BYD. I did not know that. <laughs> I just saw it on the front and was like, oh, right, okay. So they already made They're more buses. They're already here. there. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you look at some of the cars and go, okay, it's not got the same. It's not got the Germanness 
of the, yeah. you know that sort of thing but yeah. it's not good, like they are not making crap cars they are making yeah. good cars and they make but you know, millions you, of them you know yeah uh, speaking of of like the quality of cars i think we have to agree on this that uh, cars never felt so uh, similar between different manufacturers yes. before because uh, I, I remember you know 10 years ago or, or 15 years ago if you drive a mercedes and then you, and then you drive a volkswagen you can yeah. see a huge difference in yeah. everything in, in the, the 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 layout of the interior the quality of materials you know everything you can feel massive difference but now it's the competition is somewhere it's it's very similar cars are yeah. very similar and it, you know when it comes to 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 this to these big groups like uh, Volkswagen group Wagner you know mm. all the cars in, in, from Volkswagen from Audi from from Seat from Cupra they are all the same basically you have yeah. you have this exactly the same you know uh, multimedia system systems dashboards, uh, seating positions, you know, they feel the same, the, the, the way the suspension work. Yeah. If you drive a Golf, if you drive uh, an Audi Q3, it's the same car, basically, you know? Yeah, so, it's... Yeah. It's, it's, it it's, takes away the value, the premium value yeah. of some of these things, because you go, like, my little Peugeot, it's a good car, yeah. it's a good car, exactly. nice interior. Exactly. Like nice yeah. infotainment, it could probably be a bit better, but it's like pretty decent. And you go, uh, fifteen years ago, I would not have considered it at all. Exactly, it feels more premium than it is actually. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, about yeah, it? it's an interesting one. So you have this association of automotive intelligence. What, yeah. What exactly? What? What? Can you tell me about a little bit about this? Yeah, this is our like newest initiative. You know, it's a non-profit organization that we are trying. What 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 we are trying to do is we are trying to change some things in the used car uh, markets in the whole industry as a whole. Uh, mostly, you know, different car car dealers they have different problems. Uh, for example, some Romanian car, car dealers have. Some problems, uh, Polish car dealers have another problems. So what we're trying to do, we are trying to unite them. And then we're trying to address these problems to the authorities, you know, to, to explain that this is bad because of A, B, C, and D, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. maybe there are some, some um, possibilities to exchange the experience. For example, uh, if uh, guys in Romania, they still can, uh, for example, sell a car, but give a buyer German uh, license agreement, not mm -hmm. a purchase agreement. And then uh, this, this is the way the seller erase himself from the transaction, you know? So in Lithuania, we fixed this, the authorities fix, uh, fixed this. So now we can exchange the the whole experience and make it, you know, make the whole uh, car trading environment safer. So right. this is the the ultimate goal. Yeah. Nice. What are some of the what are sort of some of the steps you're 
you know, pushing at right now? What have been some of the tricky, tricky bits? Yeah, we, I mean, now it's, I think it's an early stage of, of the whole association. So we are yeah. still onboarding the members, you know, like every day or every two days, we have a meeting, an online meeting with dealers from foreign countries. And we are yeah, presenting this whole idea, you know, so what, what at this particular stage, what we need is to, is, is them to believe in the idea and yeah. that having the weight of the whole market, with the weight of the whole market, we can address these issues, as I said, to the, to the authorities or even to the global organizations, you know, like European Commission. Because, for example, the, the, the whole GDPR thing, as I said, the, the paradox of, you know, data protection, the public yeah. interest is also, it's, I think it's not fair in, in the end of the day. It's the public interest is not protected in the end of the day. So yeah. what we are trying to establish with the association is to, to, to change that, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, sounds like, a, sounds like a, a good idea. All right, well, yeah. I normally wrap these up with, with five questions. You ready? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? I think I do, you know. Uh, my wife used to work in Italy. And I, uh, I was in Lithuania and uh, I was like flying back and forth every like month or two, you know. Yeah. But th then I, I bought a car. Uh, I bought uh, a Mark, uh, Mark III uh, MR2 roadster the toyota mm -hmm. and i decided to take it there to italy uh, without with in one take you know so basically i left yeah, yeah. in the morning in the night and in 20 hours i think i covered <laughs> about 18 1900 kilometers which is a lot when you think about it yes that is a know, lot yeah but 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 the the, the coolest thing is that I still had some, you know, some energy left because when I left the country, I was like going through Poland, through Czech Republic, through Austria and then Italy, you know. So right after I crossed the border of Czech Republic, there was a massive thunderstorm and it was going like forever till the, till the middle of, of Austria. So I was always busy and it was never boring, you know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I was driving and, you know, the, there is lightning, there is wind, <laughs> there is rain, the wiper blades are going, you know, it was, it was lovely. It was actually that, lovely. And, that is you know, I, I, arrived, I arrived to the place and I said, you know, I could do 500 kilometers more, <laughs> but usually now, usually now, I after like three or 400 kilometers, I'm done. I don't want to be driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so. trying to think of like the longest time-wise, because you can spend a really long time traveling in a car, but not actually exactly. cover a massive distance. But I think the furthest I've probably done, not that far, would be like UK to Austria. And I don't okay. know, I think that was like an 18 hours or something, you know, some, some yeah. really seriously long time. But, 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 you, but you know, you, you, had, you had some, <laughs> perhaps you had some good roads uh, through Germany yes. because you have these autobahns, you know, but when you go uh, through Poland, through Czech Republic, 
it, it's completely different. You you have these road constructions, these like potholes. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely different experience. You know, you you are very much involved in the whole process. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a drive uh, on the Gumball three thousand actually, and okay. one of the legs was St Petersburg to. Where is it? Where do we end up? We ended up in Riga, but I don't know okay. where we stopped. Um, and and mm -hmm. that that drive was a similar sort of, you're never on a motorway. You haven't seemed to ever be on a motorway, just like kind of long country roads. And then you'd, you'd be driving along and then suddenly half the road is just missing for 300 meters of just like, yeah. the, the, the yeah. road has gone, you drop down like, whatever 10 yeah. centimeters and we yeah. were obviously everyone was in sports cars and stuff it was quite funny um yeah. and then you sort of pop back up and carry on and yeah those sorts of trips where your stuff is going on there's, yeah. there's things to do things to see changing scenery people and whatever are yeah. nowhere near as draining as sitting in traffic like just stop start stop start or slow behind another car for just hours and hours and hours exactly um, you, but yeah, you, they you, stick. Know, you, you know sometimes we, we, me and my friends it's it's another thing uh, like uh, it's not the favorite the, the, the most memorable drive or something like this but usually in in summer we have with friends uh, these meetings where we gather uh, like 10 cars and we go to the coolest roads but after each like 20 or 30 kilometers, we swap seats, you know, we, we, oh, nice. we, we sit in another car. And this is absolutely lovely experience because then you get to try the, the cars like, like you know, R129 Mercedes, Mercedes nice. Benz uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. SL500, you know, or BMW uh, Z4M Coupe, you know, yeah. something like this, uh, or a Corvette, or a Viper cars like these it's it's cool you know yeah that that aspect of a, a road trip i haven't done i haven't done a, a road trip in a while actually but we used to do get probably four cars four or five cars together and do a bit of a european road trip and like you said actually that was always a lot of fun and we didn't necessarily swap around that much um, okay but swapping around that is quite a fun especially if you're if you're just a pa passenger and you're driving a yeah. bit, but you're a passenger. Yeah. Like swapping into the other cars is great. Like you get to experience different cars. You're chatting to someone else. You, you exactly. know, you see the whole thing through a different angle. If you're someone else is driving your car, you get to see your car. You get to hear yeah. your car. Like yeah. such a different yeah. experience. Um, yeah. I don't know whether you saw the. It's just just popped into my head. The Valkyrie, all the launch sort of videos yeah. that came out yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, one of the things that stuck in my mind, and I don't know whether it's just the the difficulty of recording noise in a car, but the in-car noise of that car doesn't sound anywhere near as good as the outside sound. Exactly. And exactly. like all the exterior shots just are unbelievable from a noise point yeah. of view. But yeah. all the inside stuff just kind of sounds a bit, it just doesn't sound anywhere near as good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you get that thing. I don't know whether you've ever done it where if you drive with some mates in the same cars, obviously we're not talking about a Valkyrie, but if you had a Valkyrie and some mates yeah. that had Valkyries, when your friend goes past you and you've got the same car, you're like, oh, that's what mine sounds like. You know, yeah, I'm looking yeah, at that yeah, car. Yeah. I bought yeah. this car because I love that car. But when I drive it, yeah. I don't get to see it and I don't get to hear exactly. it anywhere near the same as someone else. 
So that's definitely a, a really good part yeah. of driving with with other people. What do you think mm. is uh, the most undervalued car at the moment? I think this is a difficult one. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I usually find myself scrolling on on, on sites like eBay or yeah. any other similar sites, you know. Undervalued car. I could I could actually say that the, the Mark generation, the Mark Three generation of the Toyota MR2 might be undervalued because these are much more rare uh, when compared to Miatas, for, for instance. Yeah, but they will never be as as you know as valuable as a Honda S S2000, for example. Yeah. So yeah. I, I could see maybe some Mercedes Benz, you know, 100, one, one, nine, 190, the mm. 2.3 16-valve, the Cosworth engine. These cars are, are, are quite a Yeah, cool super cars. cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Uh, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, um, and it, it can be a sports car, it doesn't have to do like everything, what would it be? Perhaps a 911, I think. I think the 911 is, is the, the ultimate car, you know. And then which which would you pick? This is uh, the most difficult. You know, in, t in terms of looks, for example, the generation that I like the most is the 993, the last uh, air-cooled cars. Interesting. I absolutely love these cars. And, and uh, I saw one GT2 version in Italy. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant, you know. But I believe life with such a car would be so dif difficult, you know. It's yeah. not comfortable. The, 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 the controls and the seating position might be not, not good enough, you know. So yeah. perhaps it would be a modern 911. Maybe a, I love the GT3 Touring version of the car. Yeah. I absolutely love that, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really like the 991 Gen 2 Touring. It's like, yeah. well, that was the only Touring, but that yeah. is like, it's just an amazing shape. Um, and then actually 993, if I just think about shape of car, I really like the Turbo. Yeah. I think the Turbo is a really cool looking car. Um, yeah. I actually got to drive a GT2 recently. About wow nine months ago um wow. it was for sale on a, an, a, an auction and i got to drive it beforehand and it's tricky driving a car like that because you don't know whether it's a like a good example you don't have the history you don't yeah like i didn't know anything about the owner really other than just yeah. like here's the car here's the keys you can go and have a drive um and it was just yeah like super raw all the stuff but it was also on really old tires I don't yeah. know, hadn't, hadn't been driven that much. So you're like, I've got to be careful here. But, you, you know, but a really cool looking thing. I think when you realize how, what is the value of the car, you're, you're limited by that, by, well, by only knowing what is the value of the, of the GT2, because these, these are monstrous prices yeah. for these cars. So yeah. And yeah, and then it's also, it's, I don't think you can ever drive, some people do, but I, I don't. I would never drive someone else's car like I would drive my own car. Exactly, exactly. And, and you can take that however you want because people yeah. drive other people's cars 
yeah. in really bad ways and they wouldn't do it yeah. the same. But I would never push someone else's car, I don't think, the same as I would push my car. Just you, you know, level. when I see, we, we have these like car sharing platforms, you know, when mm. I see people smashing these cars, like, yeah. like there's no tomorrow, I'm like, why would you do that? You know, it's a, it's a E208. Why would you do that yeah. with a Peugeot? You know, is this a Ferrari? No, it's not. <laughs> You're not okay, going maybe to, I'm... To, 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 to pull some records, you know, yeah. Maybe if it was a rental, maybe I would. <laughs> no, no, I would drive my own car harder than someone else. Yeah, exactly. If it's a person's exactly. car that's let me drive it. Exactly. I'm, exactly. It's their car. I don't want to, you know, mess it up. Uh, what do you think is the most interesting car to you at the moment? What are you Googling? What are you looking up? What are you going? Mm. I absolutely love the idea of the TVR Sagaris. I mean, for, for me, it, it, it is such an exotic car. It's completely different in every aspect. The, the, the way you look at it, you know, the, the way the interior is created, the, the door opening on the mirrors, the buttons. You know, quite, yeah. quite recently, I think Piston Heads, they, they published a video of the, of the Sagaris review. It's, it's a beautiful piece of, of a machinery, I think. It is. That is a car that uh, it was the first and only TVR that I've ever been interested in, really. Um, yeah. And I just remember when it came out, I was about that... It was about that age where you're like, ooh, what is this? Mm -hmm. And you, you, you could show me pictures of older TVRs. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Show me a Cigaris. I'm like, no, but this is cool. And exactly. they're, they're really cool. I like, if, if I had, a, I don't know, 50 cars, 100 cars, you know, one of those like, would you have a Cigaris in, the, in there just as like a memory and a cool thing? And I bet they're quite fun to drive. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's I, I absolutely love the way they are very unique, very like, you know, very special. These these side exhausts, this, you know, the, the the transparent spoiler, the, yeah. the yeah, speedometer, yeah, yeah. you know, 20. The, flip paint. the top speed is 20, <laughs> yeah. I loved how Jeremy Clarkson, I think he said that the, the designers were lunatics and then the car was hit with an axe. So that's, that, that basically describes the whole car, you know? <laughs> it is. It looks mega for me. And yeah, and they have done... If, if you bought a Cigaris like five years ago, they're now, they're now like... I'm just having a look on Piston Heads in terms of pounds. It's like 80,000 pounds for a Cigaris. Yeah. They yeah. were like 40, 30, when I yeah. remember last looking. Actually, the, the prices of used cars are going through the roof. I mean, I, I, I saw some someone paying for the Acura Integra Type R in the States, $150,000 <laughs> for the DC2 Integra. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think people have too much money. In the end of the I day. think some people have too much money and they, they want to buy some of these cars. Uh, what was it? There was a Ford Escort, what was it? Cosworth? Cosworth. That sold a couple of weeks ago for five, six hundred thousand pounds or something, whatever, dollars. I don't know. I, I it was it an was obscene Sierra. amount it of money. It was Sierra. Sierra it Cosworth. Was yeah. Sierra. Sierra Cosworth. Yeah. 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 Like, well, fair enough. Someone wanted to buy it. And they I think it was it money. was RS five hundred the the the, the most mm. powerful version. 
lovely car, but but half a million for for such a thing. I yeah. think people have too yeah. much money. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe. I don't know. There was two people that owned that car when they were little and they're now billionaires yeah. and they're like, no, I want yeah. that one. I don't know. Exactly. Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do wonder, you know, you make these calls and then you go, that one would never be one for me. But in 10 years time, you know, what cars are we looking at now that are, are worth, like, is, it, is a TVR cigar is going to be worth 200 grand in 10 years time? Who knows? It could be. Who knows? Like a, it could I be. Could it see, could be three years. Uh, three years from now, it could yeah. be. I could see. Know. You know, the good example with a good history that's not being crashed, that's verified, exactly. and all that sort of stuff. And you go right. There's not that many of those, and there's a bunch of people, let's say like us, that go. I think they're really cool. And then you've earned a lot of money, and you're like, but I want one. Exactly. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Final question. Five car yeah. garage, unlimited value. Unlimited value for five cars. Very. Uh, also, in, in, I think uh, you know. Every day, I could come up with uh, another set of, of five cars. Yes. Yes. But for me, um, uh, perhaps I would have an A eighty six. One nice. of the car would be A eighty six with a with a newer generation twenty valve, uh, you know, engine with a. Individual throttle bodies and and things like that. Period, correct styling. Yeah. Watanabe wheels, you know, things like that. So, nice. so this this would be it. Um, then there would be perhaps uh, the best daily car in the world, uh, a fully kitted uh, E-Class Mercedes-Benz uh, estate car. Mm. Because the way these cars, I own actually one. Uh, 2017 model nice and i i don't imagine a better car because it's yeah. silent it's good for our shitty roads sorry for the language yeah. uh, sorry. um it's it's economical practical comfortable and the the audio quality the the the, the system the speakers mm. are brilliant so that's what you need in a longer trips you know so that yeah. that would be a good e-class but not the AMG because these are, you know, equipped with these big tires that are not very good at potholes thing, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I have an E-Class estate, but I have the stupid one. I have the, I have the E63. And okay. <laughs> I, I, I got it because I wanted the V8. Yeah. I just yeah. Wanted, I've never had a V8 like that. And I was like, I want to yeah. try it. It sounds awesome. And then after about a month, I was like, hmm. Should yeah. have probably bought the 350D or something, um, just or a 53 or anything that didn't have the massive wheels, the wide wheels, like all the stuff because it's not as comfy. It's pretty good. The, the new, yeah. I've got the new the newest facelift, but like I know if I had a lower down model, it would be much more chilled out, which yeah. is kind of what yeah. that car's for. But yeah, the E Class platform as an estate. I still believe is like is the best of the the bunch of that. Yeah, it's got the most space by quite a long yeah. way of the nicer German ones. Um, and right, the acoustic okay. comfort, you know, acoustic comfort. Mm. The, the 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 sound insulation is beautiful. These cars, we we I am like going like uh, what is it like about perhaps ninety miles per hour when I'm going to the seaside. Yeah. 
and it's silent, you know, I can still <laughs> whisper and, and guys are hearing what I'm saying. Where in the, I don't know, in the Audi similar models or BMW, it's, it's good, but not as good as the... Not as good, yeah. The AMG is yeah, worse. Yeah. It's got yeah. too much time. So, okay, a, a, another, another car, uh, because we have uh, quite an aggressive winter, I would need mm -hmm. something with all-wheel drive and, and uh, you know, proper differentials. Yeah. That would be a Subaru Impreza 22B. The, the, nice. This, this bad boy version, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then it would be perhaps uh, a 911 GT, GT3 RS, maybe for, for the track day experience. Would you get the and current ultimately, one? Uh, yeah, the current one, I think, is. Yeah, 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 why not? I, I, I quite fancy the car. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if the budget is unlimited, you know, and if yeah, the world is. is an ideal place, uh, a McLaren F1. Mm, which for for me this is this is the ultimate car in the history. I think even the GMA T50, it's not going to be as cool as the F1 is. I mean, the no. performance-wise, it will be on another level. Yeah, but. The F1, the design, the I absolutely love the car, and and I love the stories from uh, Mr. Murray. I heard uh, hours of him speaking about the car, and a big fan mm. of, of of Mr. Gordon, Gordon Murray. Yeah, I, the car is is a masterpiece. That's a really interesting one because for me, F1 and like GTR, because I think the GTR looks the coolest. Um, short tail has been like at the top of the the, the tree for a long, yeah. long time. Zonda was up there for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, but I think yeah. F1 GTR is probably like a bit above that. Um, yeah. And then since these new cars, the T50 and the T33, yeah. T50 I think looks a bit funny. Just doesn't quite... It, I don't, I don't like quite get it, you know. Yeah, I don't like the fan. The, 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 the rear end looks a little bit, you know, compromised. If it's you a bit me. weird. Um, yeah. But... I, when you hear him talk about it and why, etc., I would, you know, in the dream situation, I would be yeah. able to drive a T33 and then yeah. a T50 back to back, maybe with an F1 GTR and an F1, you know, why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> and see what the difference is between a T33, which doesn't have the fan, and yeah. a T50, which does have the fan. And then maybe you drive it and go, oh, yeah, but it's way better uh, on the road because it doesn't have to have so much downfall, whatever, whatever all the stuff yeah. is. Um, but I imagine as a car to own, see, I see like a F1 GTR for me is like the poster car. Like yeah, just look exactly. at it and go, I imagine driving it would be very cool, but driving something like a T33 might be, it's, it's probably going to be, I like kind of modern-y stuff. And I imagine it, yeah. the engine's going to be more rowdy, it's probably going to yeah. ride better. The brakes are going to be better. The tech, you know, all the stuff's going to be, yeah. in theory, better. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. something like that. But, uh, you know, someone's going to line them up and I've got to be able to drive them. That's the... Uh, that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm, but, I'm yeah. not resigning my, my F1. F1 is, is, is on no, the no, list. No. That's on the list. It's, that it's, car it's, is... You the... know, it's, it's right there. There is an F40, F50... 
and F1. I think these are three, for me, very ultimate cars. Yeah. Very. All very, very cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been good. Been good to chat. And um, yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, I will definitely be using using your website to look up a few cars. <laughs> so, Give it a try. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.